Welcome to the Consummate Athlete Podcast, where we explore what it means to be a well-rounded, happy, goal-crushing athlete. Every week, myself, sports journalist Molly Herford, and cycling coach and kinesiologist Peter Glassford interview experts and chat through all of your training questions. We're excited to have you along for the ride. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the Consummate Athlete Podcast. Peter, how's it going? It's going well. I'm getting nervous. We are the day before a, a race here, so it's been a while. Yeah, very exciting. This is a... Uh... I, I was about to say a couple of years since you've been on a start line, but that's not true. You did race nationals last year. Well, I started that yeah. race. So let's not talk about that one. Okay, so it's been a few years <laughs> since you've finished a race. How's that? I don't know about years. I mean, that was in October, wasn't it? A couple of years since you've finished a race, though. Now you're trying to think. No, I mean, didn't I race? I don't know. Maybe not. I've done weekly races, at least. <laughs> Now I'm really nervous. Oh boy. Yeah. Now, now that I've ruined your, your confidence, you'll have to go back and listen to all the sports like episodes we've done. But yeah, no, it's uh, it's exciting. I'm, I'm actually psyched to be back uh, as a spectator at a race. I haven't gotten to be one well, for quite see a while. Everyone, yeah. Yeah. It should be good. So we're excited for that. This is Ontario cup. So hopefully I either saw you there and, uh, <laughs> and we chatted or we waved or something. And oh no, now we're getting into the time warp. Yeah. There you go. We're there, it. but we're not, we were there. Uh, so yeah, so that's where we're at today. We're not necessarily a racy question today for our Q and a, but we have a, a question in that direction. Mm-hmm. Uh, before we get started, the Q and a's are generally brought to us by the custom three month plans that I make. Uh, so this is for any sort of goal, that you have this could be a health goal a race goal an event goal a trip goal we just had uh, a client do a big bike packing trip in europe and so he got ready over the winter and he had we did a couple phone consults as well on top of that so and he just had a great great time it was a massive you know a thousand i think it was like 1600 kilometers something it was really big yeah I think the the three month plans are particularly good for someone who doesn't necessarily have your standard nine to five or just has a busy life outside of work as well. Because I think, you know, most traditional plans are are made with Saturday, Sunday being your long hours, Monday is your off day. But for a lot of people, that's not actually how their work schedules work or how their family life works out. Well, that's it, right? You can get a plan off of Bicycling Magazine or, you know, we have we have plans on uh, Training Peaks store that are, are more stock and those work for some people and some people like them and they just move things around. They just like the workout ideas. And I think they work great for a a certain type of person. But if you want a plan that's not going to have nearly as many conflicts and I always say it's uh, we say 100 percent made for you. Uh, and your goals, your ability, your terrain, your equipment, your schedule. Uh, so when your family goes on a week-long vacation, you don't want to train. What do you do with a stock plan, right? It's not gonna. It's just gonna be three weeks on, one week off, probably. Uh, so how do you accommodate for that? And, and you want to race this race or this weekly race or this group ride, and you like to only ride mountain bikes on Thursdays, but road bikes always on Saturdays or something. So this is, you know, I, I think that's really the value in these plans. And it's pretty unique. Not a lot of, uh, not many people offer that sort of level, if you will. Uh, mm-hmm. It's usually like a stock plan, or you're paying for monthly, you know, a monthly coaching sort of situation. And I have to say super affordable and if you do want more of that hands-on thing the the secret hack is you get the three-month custom plan and then book some phone consults sort of throughout mm-hmm. would be probably your, your best bang for your buck if for we're being sure. honest and the clients that like it are the ones that you know they're going to be really focused for three months and then they're going to you know a quote unquote just ride or go on vacation or do a different sport they're going to do something else right and, and so but i've had clients i counted it up one time and i think we're at over i think now my rough estimate 
this back of envelope would be, I think I've probably made over 800 of these. Oh, wow. But I've been doing them for a lot of years now. Mm -hmm. uh, but I have a few clients that have been getting them, you know, two and three times a year for our pretty much, you know, again, periods for pregnancy or whatever uh, as we go through or, or vacations or heavy work periods. But yeah, for pretty much those, you know, whatever it's been, 12 years maybe. Yeah. Uh, that I've been making those. So yeah, there you go. Big pitch on the three-month plans. Yeah, so check that out over at consummateathlete.com backslash training hyphen plans or just head to consummateathlete.com. Super easy to find on the site or just head to the show notes for this. So do you want to read this week's question? I mentioned pregnancy. That's the direction we're going today. I was going to say, I, I saw what you were doing with that segue there. Yeah, uh, this was an awesome listener question sent to us via Instagram DM. So don't forget, that's always a great way to get in touch with us. So definitely keep hitting us up with those questions. We've gotten quite a few in the past week. Uh, but and, and I do try and ramble a bit of an answer off uh, in Instagram as well. Uh, this one I actually didn't, and I apologize uh, to the question asker, but hopefully today gets to them soon enough. Yeah, and I know you wanted to kind of look into this a little bit more outside of just what you've done in the past. But anyway, the question, uh, is it possible to gain and or maintain base fitness from mostly riding, running, hiking in zone two all pregnancy? Okay, so before we, before we maybe get into the yes, no side of that, could you maybe talk through what zone two is and what it isn't? Perhaps? Well, I guess it probably means lots of things to lots of people, but That's the thing. it's trendy again. It's on trend. I don't know. Peter Atia's podcast is a popular one. Um, I dare say it's a little kooky, but some people like no, that. It's super trendy. I've actually been hearing it on just my more generic, like life. You mean zone two. Yeah. Yeah. Zone two, not Peter Atia. Yeah. Uh, on all of like the generic, like, even the more businessy podcast suddenly the, everyone's a health expert but uh everyone's everyone is all about zone and, two and so the peter tia podcast the, the 2019 one with it's dr uh anigo saying i always say it wrong it's say moran i'll link to it in any case uh if you look up dr anigo zone two you'll find lots of great stuff so he's done a lot of research in looking at sort of people who are sick say cancer uh and mitochondria so his big thing is mitochondria so these are the powerhouses of the cell where we get a lot of our aerobic energy literally the only thing anyone remembers from yeah sixth grade biology. well that's you try and cue people right and so it's what builds our aerobic if you're you know your tour de france athletes are going to have really good mitochondria very really strong and lots of them uh, and then people who are less fit or less healthy, and this is the, the thing where health isn't always performance, but it's interesting because he works with uh, top Tour de France athletes, cyclists, young, you know, healthy otherwise people who are performing at the, the peaks of, of human performance. And so he studies their mitochondria, and then he also looks at these people who are, you know, very sick with cancer or what have you. Uh, and I guess diabetes would also tie into this. And so what he, he's really loves this zone two training and all that's saying is you're going up to the aerobic threshold, which I always use the rough, you know, it's around 75% of max heart rate and in zone two of the sort of five or six zone, I guess, six zone system. Uh, it's around seven, conveniently around 75% of your, your functional threshold power. Uh, whatever that means. Now you're going to have people who d really debate, and and this has been the thing over the last couple of years, uh, especially during the pandemic. People have gotten really into trying to like pinpoint their exact aerobic threshold. So you can certainly do that with a lactate threshold test or something like a VO2 test, looking for the the fat max. Uh, but for the rest of us, it's probably somewhere around, you know, that classic breathing threshold. Can you talk in sentences? Uh, and it really just sort of delineates that easy uh, from the more moderate zone, uh, which is you know when we're getting into that sweet spot zone so the big thing is always you know the easy training versus the moderate training and so you're trying to stay under the aerobic threshold not anaerobic but under that 75 percent roughly uh to try and boost your endurance and so the 
the, the trick is that you know people want to train towards the top of that and that's when we're talking about zone two training it's usually not just noodling along at 60 percent. it's usually you're spending time at that say 70 to 75 or just under whatever your aerobic threshold is Right. Um, now from a non heart rate side of things, like, are we talking talk test? Yeah, exactly. And that's what you'll often see and because it's tricky, right? You could easily have someone who's more like an 80% or someone who's more like a, a 70%. And that's where the people who are big on testing this stuff is you're going to certainly see variety depending on people. And it's, I don't think it's, you know, if it was predictable that the fittest people are always higher, uh, you know, then that you know, it would be predictable. We wouldn't need the test. So there is variability there for sure. Uh, and we're sort of doing that average. Did I, did I answer your question? Uh, so you should be able to hold a conversation oh, right. while you're doing it. Yeah. So perceived exertion. And this is the tricky thing is a lot of people don't like talking about their feelings and how hard it feels and, or just, it isn't calibrated, right? An, an elite athlete or also, someone talking about your feelings while you're also doing the activity, just, just much more sure. difficult. And, and I think once you've been tested a lot you see people who have been taking lactates their whole life uh, and so they know they could probably tell you what the lactate reading is because they've someone's pricked their finger and then told them a number you know a hundred plus you know hundreds of times so they have a good feeling for when i go this hard if i'm breathing really hard i'm doing a 20 minute test it's probably going to be an eight or a nine uh for you know this is random numbers uh versus you know sort of the one or two that we're looking for maybe around the aerobic threshold so, so those numbers don't really matter for most people, but the idea that, yes, uh, certainly it's that talk test, right? Where it's, you're sitting on the couch and then there's sort of that, you know, you can move while you're, you're talking. So for most of us, it's walking for a lot of my, uh, clients, you know, actually does get them into that zone too. Which I think is maybe the, the point as we head into the actual question here about doing zone two all throughout pregnancy is that zone two, your goalposts are going to shift throughout pregnancy, just like they shift throughout life. Yeah. And I think if you were really geeked out on this then i would actually start read a bit of maybe the old phil maffetone book um what is that one called the big book of endurance there's also one that's something like health there's a health oriented one which is you'd get the same maffy goodness uh pro tip here actually if you uh if you subscribe to scribd it's s c r i b d dot com you can get a free month uh with like a trial situation and they have almost all of phil maffetone's books on there oh, okay. so if you want sort of a sneaky way to read a bunch of that for free Head over there and, and I like uh, give those, that a trial. The, the, the newer ones are good too and have clarified some things. And I, I mean, everything advances as far as our knowledge of stuff. But I do like some of those. The two older ones are, are really good and I think have held up for the most part. Uh, but the Maffetone stuff is very similar. You know, the talk test. He has his own formula, which is 180 minus your age. I think if you were pregnant, you'd probably not add. Everyone wants to add five. Always there's all these modifiers to the formula. I would say stick with the 180 minus your age or even the negative five. All that to say, most people are going to end up, say, 140. I'm 40 years old, or I guess if we're talking about pregnancy, it's, it's plus or minus. I guess that's where we would be. It's easy math for me anyhow. So say you're at 140, 140 beats. A lot of people, that's going to coincidentally be somewhere around that, you know, 70%, 75%, right? Most of us who are not, you know, 14 years old, our max heart rate's under 200. So 75% is going to be somewhere around there, right? And again, we don't need to be on the limit. Everyone thinks a limit is where like a target. The limit is the limit. <laughs> so you should probably be under that. We don't want to dip over. Uh, so again, I think that Phil Maffetone rough rule of thumb probably works okay. And then you triangulate it a bit with feeling and, and how you're feeling recovering. Uh, all that to say, I think that stuff would get you really uh, amped up on, on you know, the ultimate question here of is zone two training, is aerobic training only for months okay? And, and indeed, I think the answer is you'd be fine. Uh, I don't know if we want to, 
you know, are we going to maintain our fitness through uh, pregnancy? I, I don't think so. And this is get back to that idea of fitness, like fitness for a task. You're probably not fit to race a mountain bike race right now, but that doesn't mean post-pregnancy, you know, we see people come back. How fast, Catherine Pendrell is our elite example here on this, but she was birth in January and then Olympics in August, July. Top Canadian in the Olympics. Yeah. And she was racing before that. So, I mean, that's an elite example. We don't all have to hustle back quite that hard, or maybe we should, should we, right? Like we're not getting paid to do it. So there's no rush, but I, I think that's a good thing is like fitness isn't always, you know, there's fitness and how we think about, you know, maybe some people think about weight or some people think about cardiorespiratory fitness, you know, the, how many Watts can I push or my VO2 max that stuff I think we expect is going to undulate during pregnancy, during illness, during any of these things, if we're not doing the thing, but once you're past it the fitness for the task should should increase yeah and that's not to say you shouldn't do anything obviously you should both from like a sport perspective and also just a general health perspective Uh, this is all with the caveat of course that you you have the okay from your doctor or healthcare provider uh, we are not doctors. We are not healthcare providers. Well, and I like this question didn't ask, should should I? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I mean, they're not asking about... Uh, Getting e- into e- running. Even, or, like... or, or even high intensity or mountain biking. You know, these are things that, you know, you definitely want to check off. Uh, and again, if you look at any of the reviews, there's a good 2019 uh, guideline review uh, for pregnancy, uh, which uh, is pretty much, you know, that note. You know, if you have other factors you know, there's a few things that would say, you know, avoid these certain exercises, whether that's high intensity or jumping or whatever, weightlifting. Uh, but most people, it's pretty much just like continue how you're doing, what, what you're used to, and or you can even increase. There's like guidelines that it's it's a great time to even increase gradually, you know, maybe with some guidelines uh, as well during pregnancy for folks as well. Yeah, certainly from like the, the practical physical side of it, though, with with running in particular, uh, this person mentioned running and hiking. Uh, I've talked to a few of my um, mom friends about how they handled running through pregnancy. And a lot of them towards the end in particular, after sort of having that bigger belly, some people can run no problems, but a lot of people do have kind of more pelvic floor issues or just like bladder issues with that. So they actually shifted to hiking uphill. Mm-hmm. So we happen to live right on an escarpment. It's super easy to go do just uphill hike. And then even if you go to our ski hill, you could take the gondola down. Uh, sure. So you literally only are hiking uphill and they found that that was super, super helpful. So I it could be, you know, you have to kind of shift up what you're doing to get to that zone too. Uh, so, you know, hiking uphill briskly is about as hard as running casually on a flat. Well, so. again, most of us would be surprised. I always say, you know, pe- when people go away on vacation, they want to run on, you know, run A or or B on a treadmill run. And I'm, I always try to encourage them if they're going to do the treadmill option or, or if they're away somewhere and there's a hill, the uphill walking for most of us is going to get us to zone two. If you're super fit, then no, that's not probably even true yet. But if you walk uphill briskly, most of us are going to hit, again, this about 140 beats for most of us is not a lot. Uh, you know, we, most of us can probably hit that, you know, sitting here getting a little nervous, uh, which is good, right? I think that should be empowering rather than like demoralize. Not, you know, we're not going to the Tour de France, but you can walk anytime briskly. Uh, and so this is, I think, good because indeed it's it's the thing we're supposed to be doing. This is, in a lot of the literature, they mention moderate intensity exercise, but what they mean by that is this sort of like talk test idea. Uh, they don't necessarily mean some of us cyclists and runners are going to think moderate. Oh, okay, that's like our threshold, you know, sweet spot training because that is moderate, <laughs> right? It gets confusing. But it, when you look at physical activity guidelines, there's like 
sitting on the couch and gardening or something might be low and then moderate is is walking uh so it, it sort of slides the scale a bit when you look at the general populace versus you know your your sweet spot fanatics you know, it's just a different different population or sample i guess in this case that's true i wish that was what moderate meant during my intervals yeah like, ah, exactly just slide on, that down slow down to a walk here this is great yeah so that so so we're cautious we're following our guidance and then i think that perceived exertion is you know you see that in the recommendations a lot is that it's going to evolve and that's why i like uh you know i'll get to that in a sec but the the as you get you know, you're going to have good days, bad days. It's going to ebb and flow. It's not that like one day you, you were running and then the rest of the whole pregnancy, you can't run necessarily. It might be just different stages. And I think any person who's gone through pregnancy uh, would probably tell you that, right? That it's day to day. I was reading through some of Sonia Looney's stuff and she has a lot of great resources and a couple of good uh, interviews as well with, with uh, experts uh, on pr- exercise and pregnancy. So I'll link to those as well because it was I learned a bunch just reading through and, and the couple, the one podcast was really, really good. We actually also had her on last year, right around this time to talk about training through pregnancy. So we'll maybe link to that episode in the show notes. That's just a short yeah. little one. Yeah. So I guess staying on topic, cause this was a very targeted question was, should I be worried about only doing zone two for say, I don't even know what our time span would be. It could be, I guess a year potentially, but likely I think that the first trimester, the first three months, I think a lot of people probably train fairly normal through a lot of that. Assuming you don't have any issues with morning sickness. Right. So I'm not telling like- you. I'm just saying that that's what a lot of people probably have done. So when I'm thinking about what period we're talking about, I'm thinking this is maybe getting to the second trimester, third trimester. So there's about six months plus or minus. And then the recovery post and, and enjoyment of having the newborn and so forth. So And you're probably walking a bunch then. But I think what you would find is that that zone two is probably perfect. Uh but at the same time, I don't think if you're rolling and it feels okay, you're you know used to doing a, a gym class or you're you know again especially a supervised one, uh, or lifting some weights or a, a little more vigorous. I I don't you know again assuming the doctor hasn't told you, I don't think you'd need to be super strict all the time. But I think I would base off of that zone too. But that's what we would always do is that's our eighty twenty right where most of our time is spent <laughs> aerobic, and so. I think that would be a great focus and a great experiment. And I guess that's where I was going with the Maffetone stuff is you could actually start seeing how is it changing. You have to be very open because as you start having a a bigger baby inside of you, uh, you know, we're going to expect that your efficiency on the bike, which is what the math quote unquote math test is testing. That's our, uh, how, how many Watts are you doing for your 140 beats? We're going to probably, I would guess that that's going to go down because there's more strain on your body right? There's more weight, there's more, uh, more baby. Uh, so I think, but that's a a neat experiment. And then you could also see it come back the other side. Yeah. I mean, I think it's also worth mentioning, you know, if you read iron war by Matt Fitzgerald, he talks about Matt Fitzgerald and that, and he talks about how Mark Allen, uh, who, you know, won the Ironman triathlon like several times did basically just math for a year Mm -hmm. in order to get to the point where he could then, you know, just turn it up. Like his efficiency just got so, so good. So really, you could actually look at this as a really targeted block that you're doing specifically in order to like... Well, and this listener is a mountain biker. And so I would say, what a great intervention. I I often give that challenge to people. Like I I think we would do actually better than we think, you know, aside from the mental piece, everyone wants to go and taste, you know, taste blood and like go super intense. I would prefer not to do that. But I think we could surprise each other if we build up that really strong aerobic system because most of what people want to do is, is such a you, you know it's quite a aero- quite aerobic right like even once we're getting into these you know even a short track mountain bike race which we think about as being like anaerobic super it's 20 minutes this is not a 100 meter sprint 
uh, right? So the, the aerobic piece is a big, you know, the people who are winning that probably if they did a math test would be quite, you know, their 140 beats would get them a lot of watts. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that ratio of power to heart rate would be very high. Uh, so yeah. I don't know. I, I wouldn't be, I, I don't think it's an unsafe thing. I don't think you're giving up anything. No, I would say if anything, like, look at this as just an awesome training intervention. A base block, really. But but again, with the caution that you're going to see, like the load is increasing as you go through. So, you know, you're, you're not going to come out the other side race ready either. But I, I think that's a great way to go about it. And I would keep, again, I would keep strength training in, which is a little different. Maffetone's not even that big on strength. He's warmed up to it in the last few years, it seems like. Uh, but he's he's a big believer that most people could just do that and be quite healthy. Yeah. All right. Awesome. Uh, so definitely head over to the show notes to grab all of the links to all of the various episodes and articles and stuff that we just mentioned. Uh, and yeah, keep those questions coming. Um, yeah, consummateathlete.com. We have a contact form. You can hit us up over on Instagram at consummateathlete. Sneak into our DMs. Uh, don't forget to check out the training plans. And of course, if you get any value out of this episode, do us a huge favor. Leave us a rating and review. We deeply appreciate it so very much. Uh, yeah, so with that, we'll say have an excellent weekend and we'll see you soon. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Consummate Athlete Podcast. If you want to hear more training, racing, and endurance sport advice, make sure you subscribe to the podcast and leave us a rating and review. You can also subscribe to our newsletter at consummateathlete.com for a weekly dose of inspiration and advice straight to your inbox.